Welcome to week 102 of the North Georgia Revival. Who is excited to be here tonight? We are so excited that you're here with us. Let's all stand together tonight and go ahead and grab your Bibles. The very first thing we do at the opening of every single service here at the North Georgia Revival and Christ Fellowship Church is we read and honor God's Word. And tonight reading the Word is none other than Pastor Lance Johnson. Can you welcome him as he comes to the stage? Come on, let's give the Lord some praise in this house tonight. Come on, this place tonight is absolutely shaking in the presence of God tonight. Are you ready for a miracle? Hallelujah. Well, you're welcome tonight. We welcome the INSN Network tonight. I believe this is a night for miracles. I believe this is the night for the exceedingly abundantly above miracles in your life tonight. The scripture says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by the Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you may be rooted and grounded in love. May, may, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Woo! Now here's my favorite. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly
away the misery of sin, that we always ask for grace, which covers our sin, but it's the mercy of God that takes away the misery and the torment of sin. What revelation that that brought to my own heart, that I can call upon the mercy of God to remove all the torment and the misery that sin has caused.
102 of the North Georgia Revival. And God just gets sweeter and sweeter and greater and greater and greater. Now just stay right where you are. I was telling Karen earlier and a few others that as soon as the doors open today, her prayer, you could feel the heaviness of the Lord, the glory of God, which is the kavod of God, the heaviness, the weightiness of God. There's, there's a, there is a kingdom pressure on us tonight. Kingdom pressure. I want us to sing without instruments. Christian, if we can, great are you, Lord. The angels are around the throne of God right now, and they long to be able to sing the songs that the redeemed sing. We all come into this room, some of us tangled up, and we're tied up, and we're frustrated. Some of us are really confused about this environment. Why are all these people acting like they are? And some will say, well, they're just faking and all of that and, and so forth. And, and I understand where you're coming from. But I'm here to tell you the best of our ability, the best of our elders and our staff and our host pastors. We just want to host him well. We just want to host him well. We want to host him well. And, and, sometimes, and sometimes, if you've been forgiven a lot, the way you express that love to, as Karen preached last night, to remove the misery out of your life. It may be demonstrated in a way you may not be comfortable with. And I get that, and that's okay. But I know, if I know anything, that there is a heavy level of glory in the house. And he loves to hear his children tell him how great he is. He's not an egomaniac. But what parent in the world would reject their son or daughter and saying, Mommy or Daddy, you are the very best parents that I could ever have. Don't your heart just makes you want to dance, doesn't it? So our Father wants to hear that from His children. So let's just sing it softly to the Lord. Let this be your song. Christian. It's your breath and our love so we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath. In our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only. Great are you, Lord, forever we sing. Great are you, Lord. Shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord, all the earth and all the earth. 
extraordinary happened on September the 2nd on a Monday night. Every Monday night, our church gathers together. We pray five times a week because we know that prayer is the fuel for revival. Monday nights at 6 o'clock, we'll gather. People will rush from Atlanta to get here just to pray. We don't yell at the devil. We're not grabbing his attention. We just pray. Because when you capture the Father's face, all the little mice run away. You know what I'm saying? When you get the lion out of the tribe of Judah in your building, so to speak, that we're after his face. We're not after some imp that's going to take us down a little, little trail and we chase him, running him out of town. If we just get the key, we just get the key. I know there's spiritual warfare, but, but God just has come after my face. We're spending too much time tackling demons, all right? We're just spending too much time trying to bind principalities and powers over regions. Let's just invite the king into our city. Let's invite the king into our church. He'll render them powerless. But we got a phone call that there was a lady, young lady, one of our relatives of a family, uh, covenant partners here, and said, listen, they're, they're sick. I want to ask Pastor Marty to come up and share the story and take it from here. And we do not baptize on Mondays or Saturdays unless it's a usually uh, unusual situation. Um, and so, Jim, if you'll come as well, I want you to share the story of something extraordinary happening. What happened on September the second? We're just now hearing about it. And what's going to happen tonight in your life, we may not hear about it until June. Pastor Marty, take just a moment and talk. Now, to me back in September of last year, I 
Kingston said that he had a friend back in Florida. She was 20, probably. Thanksgiving 2018, she was diagnosed with cancer. December of 2018, it was confirmed that she had stage four lymphatic cancer. So she spent the first part of 2019 all through the year chemo, radiation, and we thank God for the doctors and the treatments. We thank God for all that. We celebrate that. God uses that. But it got to the point where her body couldn't take any more chemo or any more radiation, and she was weak and frail. They said, you need to take a break. There's, there's nothing we can do. Went back for another checkup, and they still found what my text said, stuff. They still found stuff. Jim reached out said, hey, she's coming up to Georgia. She doesn't know this, but I'm going to bring her to the water. She doesn't know this, but I'm going to bring her to the water. Is that okay? Can we baptize her? We didn't call the staff together and say, let us pray about it. We didn't call the elders and say, should we pray about it? We said, bring her. We've already been praying about it. We've already prayed about it. We already have the answer. Get them to the water. Because the lion of the tribe of Judah wants to roar. All we need to do is get them here so they can look into his eyes. And so Jim and Karen bring her. She gets in that pool. I think we've got a picture or two of her getting in the water. Rebecca, we got a picture. Yep, there she is. Here's Rebecca. She comes into the water that night, Monday night. We came for prayer. She came for an encounter. Next picture, we've got a couple pictures. Daniel, it's her. It's Rebecca. Stage four. Doctor said, you need a break. Your body can't handle it. No more chemo, no more radiation. Stage four lymphatic, you're 23. We have exhausted all what we know mentally and what the schools have given us. This is all we know to do for you. You need to take a break. But then she has friends that say, we know an alternative. We know, we know a better way. We know Yahweh. So she comes and gets in the water. Jim, she went back for a, a checkup Thursday, I believe it was, and what did they tell you? A little background, I've known her since she was born. She has five siblings. so weak and so sick. Doctors, we just we got to take a break. So she came to see a friend. Her daddy is a doctor. doctors told her to wait. We're going to check you in 90 days in the morning. Of course, they had a, had a postponement. She just kind of floated. She'd actually given up. We had a long talk this morning on the way to church. She resigns herself that she's probably not going to live. 
Thursday. There's no sign of cancer. transitioning of some very important dates uh, that you need to put on your calendar. Go ahead and pull out your phone and, and put this down. Make a notification uh, to remind you. Uh, do not forget that next Sunday night, January the 26th, Kenneth Bay will be with us all the way from Seoul, South Korea. Now listen, he's flying in on Saturday, flying out on Monday. He has a ministry in, in, in South Korea to North Koreans that are crossing the border. He was incarcerated by the North Koreans for two years. Two years. He's going to come share his story as we end up our missions emphasis for the month of January as far as our missions offering. So please don't miss the 26th. The 2nd of February is Jerry Taylor, or Johnny Taylor and Jerry Pierce will be with us with the Flowing Oil Bible. They'll be here morning service and evening service. So you're going to want to make sure that your plans include Sunday night. Now go to your church on Sunday morning. Get here early on Sunday night. They have already found 85 silver nuggets inside coming, flowing out of the Bible. It's unbelievable. They're going to bring those, many of them with them as possible. 
If you've never seen a bona fide miracle, this is the miracle you need to see. But we've just heard of a miracle right here. God's doing some unusual things. Isaiah 43, 19 says that he's going to do a new thing. And anytime he does the new thing in the church, we get wigged out about it, don't we? Well, I've never seen anything. That can't be God. He's doing a new thing, a new thing, new thing. Then, on the 9th of February, just two weeks away, right? Three weeks away from tonight is our second anniversary. Second anniversary of the North Georgia Revival. Please be a part of that. It's going to be extraordinary. Uh, you don't want to miss that because during anniversaries and special dates, God always pours out His Spirit. Amen. Praise God. And then March the 8th, March the 8th is Michael Brown. Dr. Michael Brown from the Revival School of Ministry, Revival Fire School of Ministry, also the Brownsville School of Ministry. I want you to make sure you're here for that. Probably one of the premier scholars in the body of Christ who knows the power of God. Don't miss that. Then, he'll be here in both services Sunday, special service Monday night. Monday night service, specifically dedicated to our Caneo students, but open to the public. He's gonna teach us for two hours. So I want you to come and sit under his feet, if you will. Help me welcome my wife, Karen, for just a moment. Would you bless her? Wow, what a tremendous weekend we have had with the Lord. Right, ladies? Who, who The ladies in the house that came to conference, let me see you. Okay, still, still a lot of you still here. Thank you for coming back and being with us tonight. I uh, just want to mention... Uh, tonight, as you head out or maybe during a break, go by the book table and pick up Pastor Todd's books. Uh, they are out there and available. Uh, this one right here, we seem to not be able to keep. The uh, book on speaking in tongues talks about your uh, weapon in the prayer closet. Amen? And the enemy has no idea what you're saying. He has to just sit in a corner and wait because he has no idea what's being activated in the spirit. So learn a little bit about this as you... Um, Maybe you need to explain it to someone else or get greater understanding for yourself. Pick that book up. And then this one here, he sat down. This is another one that we can't seem to keep. This is the one that uh, we really believe prepared this house for revival. So you'll want to pick this one up. And then he sent him about the Holy Spirit. So stop by the book table. Pick these up if you have not already. Pastor David, have you got your material out there as well? Are you going to speak about that? Okay. Well, we, I need you to speak about it. Okay. So... You'll speak about it. Okay. And then lastly, very quickly, go to caneomtc.com and learn of a new program that is now available to you, and that is our Caneo Ministry Training Center On Demand. So caneomtc.com, this is the training center. You can begin year one at your own pace. Your first class is a New Testament survey. It's about a 12 to 15-week course. But again, you can work at your own pace. All the information is there. Michaela is my assistant. Michaela Kennedy, if she'll stand, she'll be at the table tonight. She can answer any questions for you and uh, get you signed up. And again, you can hop on board right now and begin the training center. Amen? So check that out. All right. Thank you. I, uh, I want us to show a quick video. Our youth ministry is putting on a camp uh, coming up very, very shortly. I want you to pay attention to the screens, if you will, at this time.
doing, North Georgia Revival? Wasn't that worship amazing tonight? That was just amazing. So we have an event coming up the 13th through the 16th. If you check your calendars, you know your dates. That is Valentine's Day weekend. We are, parents, you have the weekend off. <laughs> you have the weekend off. Go enjoy a date. We have your children. The same pastors that are bringing this glory for the North Georgia Revival are bringing the glory for your sons and daughters for four days straight. Four days straight in the presence of God. What better Valentine's Day gift could you ever ask for? So we're gonna be right outside these doors. Answer any questions you have, any concerns. I mean, y'all saw the lineup. This is a jam-packed powerhouse lineup. I believe the glory of God is gonna fall. Joel 2.28 says that he will pour out his spirit on all sons and daughters. There's no age in that. If the enemy has already threatened them at the age that they're at, we're gonna get him to God, get him in the glory, get him full of the Holy Ghost at this young age and let him get empowered. Can I get an amen? Amen. So we're gonna be right outside these doors. Any questions you have after service, please let us know. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Chase. Stand to your feet. We're gonna receive an offering tonight. And I want to let you guys know that this is week number three of all offerings on Sunday night go to missions. And the Lord said on our heart, he said, Todd, I want you to, I want you to raise and believe me for $100,000 on the Sunday night offerings. And I said, Lord, you know, typically that's about three months worth of offerings on Sunday night. We have all these expenses. And he said, believe me, $100,000. So we're going to take up an offering tonight and every, every dollar will go to missions. Four things that we're talking, uh, targeting our North Georgia Revival pastors got together. We're buying a van for Thailand to rescue women and children out of the sex trafficking industry. Come on now, somebody. We're planning two churches or building two churches we have matching funds, if I'm not sure. I think that was what was happening. Someone's going to give matching funds. So if we're going to do that, then somebody outside is going to match those funds. So we're going to be four churches in total. On top of that, at least two international crusades that we'll be doing to get people saved in pastor's conferences. And number four, we're going to give away thousands and 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 thousands more to missionaries that are struggling because the number one reason people come home off the mission field is a lack of financial support. It's not that they don't have a heart to be there. It's because of lack of financial support. Don, I remember you telling me about Joab when he went into China as a missionary. 100 missionaries left China. Lack of financial support. So I can't tell you that our goal is $100,000 anymore because we have already exceeded $100,000 in two weeks.
So I know it meant some of you be thinking, good, I don't have to give. No, now the pressure's on you because you can't let someone carry your weight. There's a reason it was met so early because the Lord knows there are missionaries that are praying right now, I'm coming off the field, Lord, unless you meet my need. So our goal is $200,000. We just set a new goal. Now, I don't need you to believe with me. I don't need your faith. I just need your agreement. My faith is there. I need 82 people to give $1,000. Who will be that? Raise your hand right now. You've not given. Just raise it. One. I'm, I'm going to take my time. I know we're on television, but I'm going to take my time. I need 82 people to give $1,000 that you've not given already. Raise your hand. One. Raise it. Two. Anybody else? Three. Four. Okay. Four people. Five. Six. Seven. Eight. Nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. That, that side's anointing. 17. Anybody else? Great. That's 17 of it. We got tonight, and then the rest of us tonight are going to give 999 and below, or 5,000 and more. Okay, so you're not off the hook. We're all going to give. Now, here's how we're going to do it. It's going to be crazy. We're not going to give you an offering bucket. You're going to take your gift and you're going to run to this altar and you're going to lay it on the altar. Now, ushers, come here. I know we got witches in the building. I know we got witches in the building, so you're not going to steal the offering. So I need some ushers. I need some security people. You're not going to come up here and pretend you're going to grab, give something and grab something, all right? Uh, there's about a half a dozen of you in the building tonight. There's a half a dozen of you in the building. We welcome you. We're glad that you're here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, and, we find, and, listen, and we find your paraphernalia all over the building every Sunday. We do. We find your, we find your toenails. We find your paintwork, your blood stains on the walls. We find your hangman's noose. We find that you, the two Bibles that you stain with blood and put it on the same scripture. We find all of that. We know where you are, where you pray and what you're doing. You're holding your fingers in a certain way. We got you. We got you. But you know what? You're among friends tonight. We love you. Welcome to revival. Welcome to the glory of God. You're going to never be in a safer place. So we're going to do this tonight in a chaotic Holy Ghost fashion. And I need some marching music. So let me have, give me some a band right back up here quickly. I need some Holy Ghost $1,000, $10,000, $20,000 marching music. All right? Grab your offering. Everybody give. Do not let the amount you spend on coffee this week exceed your missions offering tonight. Let's do it in Jesus' name. Come from all over the building. If you've already sown before, come, let's give. Let's give to the Lord tonight. Come on, all across the building, churches can give. Out of, just come on, out of your missions account, give, give. Let's raise another thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 tonight. Helping a missionary stay on the field. Yes, come on now. Come on. Oh, you're looking good. Come on. Those of you that are watching out at, at home, you can mail your check. The address will come up on the screen. Yep. Those that are watching, you can text to give, a secure way to give. Come on, keep coming. I feel like I'm at an old-timey camp meeting right about now. I feel like I'm in my Baptist days. 
Only thing that would move would be my right foot. All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. I want you to do something for me tonight. Go to the table. Man, what a prolific author that we have with us tonight. I'll tell you what, I traveled around the world in 28 days, circled the globe, preaching on four or five different continents. And you may be seated. I took a hold of one of his books called The Forming Process, read it for 28 days, such nuggets, revelation. His latest book is called The Prodigal Father. If I can put this into every individual's hand, I would. There is nothing more dynamic than The Prodigal Father. I'm telling you, get those three books and also the Joshua generation. It's my privilege to introduce to you tonight a son in the faith. Love him dearly. Lead pastor of Covenant Connections Church, his lovely wife, Stephanie, their two beautiful children, Noah and Reagan. We're in store for a remarkable, remarkable time. I want you to pray for him as he ministers, but I also want you to pray for the North Georgia Revival Pastors. We'll be taking a week off together to go on a retreat and hang out together and get God's direction for 2020 and 2021. And so please be in prayer for us as we leave in the morning. So Pastor David Emerson, we give you the liberty tonight to obey the Holy Spirit. Would you stand to your feet and help me welcome Pastor David Emerson to the platform tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. I'm happy full of the Holy Ghost. I'm glad the witches are in the building. It's nothing new to me. Everywhere I go, they seem to come. So welcome. Amen. Praise God. Do you love Jesus? Amen. I love him. You can't help but love him if you listen to the message from last night from the women's conference. Uh, I went home because I was on dog duty. That didn't sound too good. I wasn't literally on dog duty. I was on dog duty. Anyways, my wife said, go home and let the dog out and, uh, you know, take care of It's her dog. I want every man to know it is not my dog. It is her four-pound monster. But she was at the conference, so I went home and was on dog duty for a little bit. And I just sat there, watched... The service and as Pastor Karen yelled out, love him, love him. I wept. I just sat there on my couch petting the dog. No, I wasn't petting the dog. I wasn't petting the dog. I was kicking the dog. But anyways, I was crying. So, so powerful where she challenged us just to love him. Just to love him. And that's what it's all about. Amen. Just uh, just to love him. Well, I just want to talk to you for a few minutes. Um, don't have any notes. I didn't even bring my Bible uh, up here. Because I, I just want to talk to you. I want it to be like we're at Chili's. No, not Chili's. I hate Chili's. I feel a little drunk tonight. I don't know why. But uh, it's liable to get crazy up in here tonight. <clears throat> but uh, maybe we're at Ted's Steakhouse or something, eating a big steak and just just talking a little bit. 
Um, I, I want you to say these words. Go ahead and uh, put 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 the title if you, if you need a title. I got a little title or a statement from for what I'm going to be speaking on tonight. And I want us to say this together. Say hidden in the water. Come on, say it again. One more time like you mean it. Hidden in the water. And I want to explain this to you and talk to you a little bit about what I mean by hidden in the water. This is uh, the 102nd week. So we have, and I'm not... Uh, a prophet or anything, or I'm not a numbers type person, but 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 numbers are important. Sequences are important in the spirit. And so we have the number one, and we have the number zero, which carries no value, so we can eliminate it and go straight to two. And so we have the number twelve put together there. So we're we we have the number twelve that our beautiful my beautiful little friend that was here that spoke and opened the service last week mentioned this, how the number 12 is, is the number of government. It's the number of complete authority. And so tonight we, we're, we're stepping into a new government over this revival. I believe over your house. I believe over uh, your, 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 your businesses. Whatever we touch, we, we got to understand uh, when we come into prophetic atmospheres, okay? And we are in a prophetic atmosphere tonight. Bishop Lance, come here real quick. I want you to uh, share. This is so prophetic, uh, and, and I want him to share this because now we don't, we don't, none of us get together and talk about what we're going to preach or Pastor Todd doesn't assign us anything to preach. Uh, we just We just obey the Holy Ghost, but... You, you, you came to me, I came, and I was sitting there during prayer, right? And I, wanted, I want you to tell everybody what you saw. When, uh, when we were praying, I saw Pastor David speaking, and I saw as he was speaking sound waves. And, it, and, and you'd have to understand something. I'm an old drag racer, so we used to stand down uh, between heats. We would stand down at the end of the track, and when the, and when the nitrous cars would go down, Literally, the sound would vibrate you on the inside. Anybody that's ever been to the drag races know what I'm talking about. It, it'll literally shake your inside. And I, and I saw as Pastor David was releasing this word, I saw it as a sound wave. And God said, it's going to shake this place, and it's going to shake the people. Can you get in agreement with that? So, so we were in worship, and... Our friend over here painted this painting. And I want you to look at the sound waves coming up out of that joker's mouth. I about took off running. I looked over there. I told Stephanie about it, about what, what Bishop had saw. And so tonight, the sound's going to come forth. Somebody say amen. And it's going to penetrate. But but hidden hidden in the water, hidden in the water. I want to I wanna just do a little bit of teaching tonight and... Uh, like I said, I don't know exactly what what's going to happen, but I know that God's going to do something great. One thing that frustrates me about, I don't know if frustrates me, but about this revival and about what God is doing uh, using the water is everywhere I go, everybody I mention it to, 
uh, always uh, brings up the sacrament of baptism. And, and I thought baptism was for, you know, an, an acknowledgement of being born again, which it is. There are two sacraments that the church has held on to for thousands of years. One is uh, communion, the Lord's Supper, and the other is baptism. Those are the two uh, Christian sacraments that we've held on to and the church has been built on for years. But it doesn't mean that, that, that God can't use and do other things in the water. So I, I got to thinking and I began praying several weeks ago about this service because I know it's the 102nd week and also it's mine and Stephanie and Pastor Marty and Miss Paula's birthday week. Uh, it was a year ago last Sunday, this week, that we, we had that encounter with God and new government was placed on our lives. We got into that water, and we didn't know that forgiveness was in that water. We didn't know that repentance was in that water. We didn't know Pastor Todd was going to get in that water. But there was stuff hidden in that water that we had no idea was in there until we got in and it manifested. Somebody say amen. So I was praying about this service, knowing that, that, that God had something very important for, for this service, and he spoke these words to me. It's hidden in the water, hidden in the water. What I want to speak on tonight and talk to you about tonight is I believe that God is using me tonight to set a direction for this revival, and I'm not the chief pastor of this revival, but I am a prophetic voice for this revival, and I'm going to be like that lion, and I'm going to roar tonight no matter what anybody thinks. Because you know something about the lion, I don't want to get on this too much, but that picture started stirring me up. Something about the lion is the lion, nature calls the lion the king of the jungle. And you know something about the lion, it's not the fastest animal in the jungle. It's not the strongest animal in the jungle. It's not the largest animal in the jungle. It's not the, the quickest. It's not the wisest. But it is the king. And do you know why it's the king? Because nature says it's the king, and the lion believed it. The only thing separate you from being a little weasel tonight or a lion is what you believe, what you listen to. And the Bible says that God has given us a voice to cry out to the nations that we serve the living God. Somebody say amen. So you need to be a lion in your home. Well, well, I don't, I don't know. I just hadn't been a, been a good daddy. Well, you're listening to the wrong thing. Go in your house and say, I'm the king of this jungle. Somebody say amen. Not because you're the wisest, the strongest, the fat, but because God said you were. Come on, somebody. So I'm going I'm to give direction to this, to this revival because we're going into our third year, our triune year. We're going into a, a year where things are going to happen. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are going to be represented. And everywhere our pastors go, everywhere Anchorage, Alaska, everywhere you go, Pastor Marty, this year something double is going to happen on the inside of us. Something double is going to happen. Now watch this. The Bible says that in the beginning, this is Genesis 1-1, says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and it was void and darkness covered the deep. And the Spirit of God hovered 
or it moved over the face of the waters. I read that, and, I, and God showed me something about water. Water is the only main substance in all creation that was created before God ever began creating. Stay with me this stay with me tonight. We don't hear the Bible doesn't say God said let there be water. Before God spoke anything to existence, water already existed. I'm not saying it didn't come from God, but I'm saying before we ever read or anything is described about creation, water was already in existence. There's something important about water. Watch this. God, the Spirit of God is hovering over the face of the waters. He's getting ready to create. And your Bible says on day number one, he said, let there be light and out of water, because it was the only thing that was existing at that time, the Spirit of God was hovering over it, and out of water, God brought something that was hidden and brought it into existence. Day number one. Day number two, your Bible says that God said, I'm going to separate the waters with a firmament. Let there be a firmament between the waters. And so what he did is he separated, now watch this, he separated the waters, and the Bible says that there was water above the firmament and there was water below the firmament. And inside the firmament, God created everything, even man. So look at the picture here. Water was above all creation. Water was below all creation. So in essence, mankind has lived since day number two of creation. Mankind and all living beings have lived in a perpetual state of baptism. Because even our existence is in a state of baptism because there's water above us and water beneath us. Y'all ain't saying nothing. So he, all of a sudden, out of water, he began to pull things that were hidden. Day number three, he said, let there be an earth to come forth, dry land to separate the waters. And all of a sudden, out of water came dirt. I just see the angels up, up there going, oh, going, the angels up there going, crap, I, I didn't know that was in there. Now, I know, I know I'm sorry. I know they, I know what you're thinking. Now, no, those were angels. They wouldn't have said that. You're right, you're right. I can see the angels standing over the portals of glory going, holy crap, I didn't see that in there. Holy, I didn't see that in there because earth was hidden inside the water. And then he brought forth every living creature and it came up out of the water just, just seemingly hidden inside of water. Pre-existing before all creation. Are you with me? Watch this now. I want to show you some things as I, as I build this to you. Symbolic things, spiritually symbols the water symbolizes many things scriptural symbols of water are are some of these the spirit of god 
is symbolic in water. Salvation is symbolic through water. Peace, everlasting life, a safe place of rest. These are all things your Bible symbolizes through water. The Son of God himself said to the woman at the well, if you would have known who it was that was speaking to you, you would have asked of me and I would have given you living water. Symbolic of salvation, symbolic of the Son of God. Raging water symbolizes trials, hard times. The water symbolizes the Holy Spirit. The water symbolizes the spirit of man. Water symbolizes hunger for God. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Water symbolizes revelation. Now I want you to look at these two scripture. Bring up my first scripture, Psalms chapter 77 verse 9. It says, Thy way is in the sea, and thy path in great waters. Thy footsteps are not known. Next scripture, 20, Psalms 29, 3 says this, The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. Not on the earth, not in the air, not in the trees, on the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The psalmist gives us what seemingly is God's transit. He moves by way of water. Now watch this now. Say hidden in the waters. In the Bible, as I continue to build a foundation, we see that there are many things hidden in the waters that were revealed to people that God used water for miracles. Moses, we know that, that there were many different times that God used water with Moses. He took the, the most dry thing in the earth, a rock, a stone, and called water forth from it. I can just see Moses hitting that rock, and all of a sudden, here comes the miracle hidden in water, and Moses is like, oh my God, I didn't know that was in there. Because God can take the hardest situations and bring nourishment and comfort and peace. Moses experienced things hidden in the water. The children of Israel come to the Red Sea, and they thought that the water was their demise, but there was something hidden on the inside of the water that God had planned before the foundations of the world, and they didn't know their miracle of walking on dry land was hidden inside of the water. Hagar and Ishmael were cast out by Abraham, they, were, they had to leave, and, and they, the, when their water run dry, the Bible says that Hagar took Ishmael and hid him under a bush, and she went as a bow shot away as not to hear her son crying and dying because of starvation and no water. And the Bible says, Hagar, what ailest thou? God has heard the voice of the lad, and she turned and looked, and her miracle was found in a well that she didn't even know was there. God showed up in hidden water. The disciples needed a miracle. They were in a storm. Their boat was flooding. They were going under. Guess what happened? Jesus come walking on the water. He was hiding in the waters. I remember when, when they were fishing all night, and the Bible says they toiled all night and caught no fish. And here comes Jesus walking on the water. He said, hey! You jack legs caught any, caught any fish? 
No, Lord, we've been toiling all night. We're going to come in and we're going to we're going to reassess things because we're, what we're doing is not producing. And Jesus said, "No, your miracles hidden in the water. Cast your nets on the other side, because their miracle was hidden in the water." Are you with me tonight? Jesus performed his first miracle with water. He took water and brought out something that nobody knew was hidden in the water and turned it into wine. I can see them when they begin to drink it. They go, I didn't know that was in there. I'm going to tell every, every host pastor and Pastor Todd, I'm going to tell you something. This third year that we're going in into in revival, people are going to get in that water and they're going to step out and they're going to say, my God, I didn't know that was in that water. Now, I want them to, they're going to begin to play as I bring this thing home to you. They're going to begin to play some pictures of people that got into water. This is Lorraine. We've all seen her picture who got into that water, stage four cancer, got into that water but God had something hidden inside the water she didn't know it was in the water but she listened and faith came when she heard a man say I was walking one day and God showed me something hidden in the water I saw fire up on top of the water I saw fire hidden in the water and she got in there not knowing that her healing was hidden in the water. We just saw just last week the little the girl that had cuts and scars. Wasn't that last week? All over her arms. She didn't know God had something hidden in the water. Gets in the water with scars all over her body. Comes out. No scars on her body. Why? God had something hidden in the water. This man experienced something that was hidden in the water. I have no problem telling people about God using this revival of baptism because God's been using water all throughout creation. I'm not going to limit God's miracles to, to, to one, uh, one thing that the church loves. Thank God for baptism of repentance. But thank God that God's been hiding things in the water for thousands and thousands and millions of years. God's been pulling stuff up out of the water. Watch this now. They're going to continue to show these things. I want you to see them. Don't, don't, don't give me your uh, attention, but I want you to see because these are people that found things hidden in the water. Watch this now. The children of Israel were led by Joshua, which we all know is the first Jesus. He's symbolic of the Messiah. So when we read about Joshua, we're reading about the Jesus of the Old Testament, Yahshua. Everybody got it? Joshua. He brings the children of Israel after 40 years of being in the promised land, he brings the children of Israel to the brink of the Jordan River. The Jordan River was flowing, your Bible says, from a city called Adam, and it ended in the Salted Sea or the Dead Sea. And so the Jordan was flowing from Adam to the Dead Sea, and Joshua comes, and he stands before this river. 
The river, it was harvest time and the river was over its banks. So they couldn't just walk across it. And that's just funny to me because any other time during the year, for 40 years, they let a river keep them from their promised land. I read that this week and, and the Spirit of the Lord said, it's so funny to me, it's striking to me what so little things will keep you from your promise. Just little bad attitudes. Just a little unforgiveness. Come on, somebody. Just a little bit of pain you're holding on to. And you see your promise, but you never experience your promise because little bitty things keep you from it. Here they're standing at the brink of the Jordan River, and the Bible says that God told Joshua, he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell the priest to, to, to get my presence and get me some men that know how to carry my presence. If you're waiting on me to get prophetic, I'm starting right now. Find me some men who know how to carry my presence. See, see we live in a time where we've traded character for charisma. I'm going to say it over here because y'all are holy. You didn't give much an offering, but you're holy. I believe it. Wasn't it that side of here? We've traded charisma for character. We don't look for men and women of character anymore. As long as you got big biceps and a little bit of charisma and a good businessman will follow you. I tell people all the time, let me tell you something. When you step into ministry, you have no personal life. You can't tell people what I do in my personal life is only my business because when you step into ministry, you have no personal life because it's your personal life that builds a foundation for me to decide if I can trust you in the pulpit or not. I wish I had somebody. So, so, so I do want to know what's going on in your personal life before you stand before me. Somebody say amen. I need some people who know how to carry my presence. They're not worried about big buildings, big offerings. They're not worried about fame. I want somebody that I can place a label on that says, that says it's nameless and faceless. And they'll still go after me with all that they've got, with passion. They'll go after me with everything that they have. Find me some men that know how to carry my glory. He went and got the priest. I believe he got 12 of them. I don't have time to go into all that, but anytime they carried the ark, there were always four carrying it at the four corners. There was always there was always about four in the front, some worshiping, some praying. There were about four in the back, some worshiping and some praying. So every time they moved the presence of God, there were always 12 priests because it's government. It's a sign of government. And if we're going to move in the presence of God, we got to have sound government governing the body watch this now so here they are he said I want you to get the men that know how to carry the presence of God and they're going to go before my people tell my people when they see the men that know how to carry my presence follow after them don't worry about the water don't worry about the, the banks being over flood just follow the men that know how to carry my glory priests pick up the presence of God and the Bible says that the moment their feet touched the brink of the river that the river stopped and stood up on its end watch this now it still flowed Jewish traditions and theologians say that the whole time they were crossing the river 
that it was still building higher and higher and higher. So much that other people in other nations who didn't even know the God, God like Rahab, saw the miracle of the water standing up on end. That's why she told the spies when they came into the city, we have heard and we have seen the miracles of your God. Good God, I feel it. Watch this. So the river stood up on end, was flowing from Adam to the Dead Sea, and Joshua, Yahshua, and the men that knew how to carry the presence of God stepped into it, and they stopped the flow that started with Adam. Oh, you hear me? When Joshua and the glory of God entered the river, they were prophetically saying, the moment we step into this river, we are stopping the flow that started with Adam and comes down all the way to the Dead Sea. Watch this now. So here they are carrying the presence of God. And God said, when they get to the middle of the river, I want them to stop and stand still. Just stand there and hold my presence. And as they stand there, let the people walk bound. And as the people walk bound, they'll go on to the other side into the promised land. Now watch this. The Bible says that when they got over to the other side that God told Joshua, he said, Okay, Joshua, now here's what I want you to do because I want you to set up a memorial so that when your children ask, what is this memorial, you can tell them and remind them what God did at the Jordan River. Are you with me? So he said, I want you to get one man out of every tribe of Israel, all 12 tribes, get one man, and I want them to go, watch this now, where the feet of the priest stood sure. He said, I want you to go and get 12 stones where the feet of the priest stood fast, where they stood fast and were not movable. What does that say to us? Here's why I believe that we don't experience these things like we should be experiencing these things. Because we don't have men and women who put their feet down and say, bless God, I'm not moving on this issue. You don't want me to, but I'm going to preach it anyway. You don't want me to, but I'm going to preach it anyway. I'm going to tell you what we need. We don't need more charismatic men. We don't need more charismatic women. We need men and women of character that will find a mountain and say, I'm going to stand on this mountain. Drunkenness is not of God. I'll stand here. Homosexuality is not of God. I'll stand here. Sleeping around with everybody and you're not married, I plant my feet right here and I say it's not of God. Find me some men. God is saying, find me some men and women who will stand fast on something and not be moved. Those are the ones that will carry my presence. Good God, I feel like preaching. He said, I want you to go to the place where men stood fast. That's why he chose this place. Two years ago, he found men and women who stood fast. Stood fast. I heard you. 
Pastor Todd preached this morning and told about Pastor Don doing that building fund over at War Hill. How you and Pastor Don hated each other, couldn't stand each other, couldn't even, didn't even want to think about each other, just hated each other. The smell of each other made you sick. If I'm making this plain, do I need to go in for just couldn't stand each other? God said, give them $50,000. For their building and a group of men and women stood stood sure said bless God somebody's got to make the move and now and now you said this morning he's one of my best friends you said that listen you know why because God found two men that cared more about carrying the presence of God than they did being right or carrying unforgiveness. They found some men, bless God, that would put their feet down and say, I'm not moving. And now look what we're enjoying. He is changed because he obeyed God. She is changed because he obeyed God. She found what was hidden in the water because God found some men that said, I'm not moving. I want your presence more than I want anything. God told Joshua, find me 12 stones, one man from each tribe. God said, I'm, when y'all come into the promised land, I'm going to establish new government. That's why when God takes you from one season to another, you can't bring that old attitude into this new season because God's setting up a new government. You can't bring that old iniquity into this new land because God sets up a new government. Every miracle, see, see, you better, you better, you better be careful what you pray for because when you get it, your whole life's liable to change. What you used to watch, you can't watch. What you used to read, you can't read. What you used to listen to, you can't listen to. Why? Because every time God crosses you over a Jordan, he changes government over your life. He said, take some stones with you because I'm changing government. That's why witches can't hex us. That's why they do their little incantations and get frustrated and get, just get mad because it don't work. You know why? Because we don't, we don't operate under your government. We, woo, I felt that. Woo, we don't operate under your government. We have a king, and his name is Jesus. And beside him, there is no other. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. You can't hex us. You can't curse what God has blessed. I got to get me in the fighting mode. Made me want to, made me want to. Had up on somebody. Hallelujah. God said, I'm changing government. Because what I'm doing is, I'm stopping the flow that has been flowing to the earth ever since Adam. And I'm stopping that flow. So when you come into the new land, we got to have a new monument. 
Watch this. So get 12 stones and set up this monument. And the Bible says that they took the 12 stones into the camp, which means where they live. Which means revival doesn't begin in the house of God. It begins at your house. You shouldn't come to church to enjoy the presence of God. You should enjoy Him at your own house, at your own couch, in your own bathtub. I baptize myself every morning. I get up every morning. I know, I know y'all gonna say, oh, well, you a sissy because you take baths. Well, well, we can have, we can find that out here in a little bit if you want to. It ain't no thing for me. I mean, we'll scratch some gravel. I don't care. But you understand what I'm saying? But every morning, my wife even makes fun of me. My wife makes fun of me. But every morning, I realize that there's hidden things in the water. So every morning, I go in there and I cut the hot water off. And I get in there and I just say, I don't need to come to revival to enjoy his presence. He's right there with me. Why? Because I've established government over my own house. They took the stones into the camp. I'm hurrying up. I'm hurrying. They took it into the camp. Now watch this now. Watch this now. So I said, take it into the camp because I'm establishing new government. Now we don't hear God's instruction for what Joshua does next. He goes and they begin to get the 12 stones and all of a sudden we see Joshua do something seemingly on his own. That is, they're taking the 12 stones out of where the priest was standing to put it in the camp. We read that Joshua got stones and went and put them back where the priest was standing. You got me? So they removed 12 stones to take it to the camp because God said, but Joshua said, now wait a minute. I can't have a physical manifestation of something that hadn't first happened in the spirit. So before we can remember and reveal in the natural the miracles of God, I've got to go back to the river and establish new government there. So he takes stones and he makes a memorial in the middle of the Jordan. Watch this now. I believe it was 12 stones because I believe it was 12 priests. And if they're going to make 12 stones on land, he's going to make the same symbolic thing in the water. You got me? So he establishes 12 stones, which is signifying, symbolizing, it's a metaphor of the priest reign. Watch this now. Can I go ahead? Watch this now. Do you know that God forgives sins before Jesus? Oh, Lord. Really? How did he do that? Through the priest. The priest would offer up atonement. The pri you know God healed people before Jesus? How did he do that? Through the priest. Because the priests were the government. Watch this. Joshua said... Spiritually, because water is symbolic of the Spirit, right? And for all these years, there's been things passing down from Adam, flowing down to men. 
So I'm going to go and establish new government in the spirit, and I'm going to put 12 stones in the river so that when everything passes from Adam, it has to roll over these stones. Do you know that when water flows, it will flow continually until you put something in its way that is bigger or stronger or more secure than it? And then water turns and finds another way to flow. It doesn't give up and stop. I wish somebody had ever had plumbing problems would shout amen. Our, our basement's flooded like five times the last year. I cursed God one time because this revival. I said, my God, ever since North Georgia revival started, I'm flooding in my basement. Please show me what you're saying where I can fix this problem. And so what happened was Joshua put those stones in there signifying in the spirit that there's now a new direction of flow from Adam through God's people. Are you here? So now every time the river flowed, it had to change direction over the priesthood that God set in order. It said, Adam passed sin to man, but through the priest I can offer forgiveness. Adam, because of Adam, sickness and disease has come flowing down to man. But because of the priesthood, I can offer healing. Are you here? Why is that important? Watch this. The Jordan River starts flowing again. Right? Starts flowing again. You can't see the stones in the water. They're hidden in the water. If we didn't tell our children they were there, nobody would know. Joshua chapter 4 says those stones are still there to this day. Why is that important to us? It's important to us for this reason. 1,485 years later. 1,485 years later. The second Joshua showed up at the brink of the Jordan River. Jesus, the Son of God, said, I got business in the Jordan. John the Baptist, who was now standing in the middle of the Jordan, baptizing people, looked over and said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Jesus walks his happy self right into the middle of the Jordan. Theologians say that he stopped on the very stones that Joshua placed where the priest had stood 1,485 years earlier. Jesus stops and looks at Moses, uh, looks at John the Baptist. And he said, John, you got to baptize me. John said, I'm not worthy to baptize you. Jesus said, you must so that all the law, good God Almighty, that all the law shall be fulfilled. What Jesus was saying was, John, you represent the old priest. You represent the old priesthood. I'm the new priesthood. And so the old priesthood and the new priesthood are standing on top of the stones where the men of God stood fast and carried the presence of God. 
Jesus said, you got to baptize me because I got to fulfill this old law to bring in this new law. And Jesus stood on those stones. And your Bible says that he went down into the water because something was hidden in the water. Nobody else knew, and it wasn't on the front page of the newspaper. It didn't scroll across Facebook, and nobody put an Instagram about it. Nobody tweeted about it. Nobody Snapchatted about it because them stones were hidden in the water. But Jesus remembered they were there. And he said, if I'm going to fulfill what God's called me to do, i got to get in the water. And if I can get in the water, I can fulfill what God has called me to do because something is hidden in the water. And he stood on those stones. I'm closing. As, as Bishop Lance says, I'm putting a caboose on this thing. Stood on those stones. Went into the water. And watch this. He come up out of the water. And the Spirit of God set out on him. Theologians say this was the fulfillment of the law. And here's why. Your Bible says that the Jordan River flowed from a city called Adam into the Dead Sea. And when Jesus stood on those 12 stones and he said, Moses, or he said, why am I saying Moses? He said, John, you must baptize me because we got to fulfill the law. What Jesus was saying was 1,485 years earlier, the first Joshua stood with the priest and established government that flowed from Adam to the priest and changed the people's lives. But I'm not good with having priests intervene for me anymore because I want to die for my people because I want a relationship with my people. I want to love my people. I want to forgive my people of their sins. I want to be there in the midnight hour when they're crying and feel lonely, when they feel like I haven't heard them, when they feel like all hope is gone. I don't want a man to have to call them on the phone. I want to be that presence for them. So John, you got to baptize me because what I'm about to do is I'm about to flood. I am about to stop what started with Adam and I'm going to throw it into the Dead Sea. All the sin that's been flowing to humanity, I'm going to stop it and I'm throwing it into the Dead Sea. When they did a miracle, they don't have to go to a priest anymore because there's something hidden in the water. There's something in the water that I'll use to bring healing to their body. Why, Pastor Todd? I've heard you say it a hundred times. I don't know why. I don't know why God chose the water. I don't know why God chose me. I do. Because God's been hiding things in the water since before creation. Stone Mountain was hid in the water. Mount Everest came out of water. Trees, pine trees, oak trees. Stephanie's dadgum monster dog all came out of water. Everything derived out of water. So where is your miracle? Where is your healing? Here's what's happening this year. Come on up, Tracy, please. Thank you. 
Has this been all right? Here's what we're stepping into. Here's what's happening. Tonight, over North Georgia Revival, over all these churches, over your church that you represent here, if they embrace what God's doing, over your home, over your marriage, God is setting forth new order in your life. If you allow him to, he'll step right in the middle of your life. If you'll stand firm and plant your feet on the solid rock of Jesus Christ and do not waver. My wife posted something the other day. And it wasn't even about spiritual stuff. It was like 50 reasons I don't drink alcohol. And it was all just common reasons. What nothing really Christian about it or necessarily or spiritual about it. And this girl decides to rebuke my wife right there on Facebook. And she says, you know, this is so American Christian. She said, I used to believe alcohol was bad. Now, I'm not, I'm not, hey, listen, shut your mouth. I ain't telling you alcohol's bad. If you don't think it is, keep drinking. You'll find out soon. Ain't no man got to tell you. Am I right, Bishop? Hey, man, you'll find out. God can save you a lot of trouble. But you do whatever. I'm not judging you. It's a sissy culture now. We, we got to explain everything, right? So she comes on there and she says, this is so American Christian. I used to believe like this, but in my world travels and my experiences with other cultures, I've changed my mind. I wrote like three paragraphs and erased it like five times. And then I'd write something and I'd erase it. Finally, I said, it ain't worth it. I didn't respond at all. But here was my anger. Here was my anger. I thought, since when do we allow culture to change our revelation of what God says? I don't care what the Australians do. Australia, we love you, we love God's people. But their culture doesn't matter to us. You get what I'm saying? England, Germany, Nigeria, or America. <laughs> culture doesn't matter. Here's what matters. I don't even have it. Give me a Bible. Do we even carry Bibles anymore? Oh. Give me a phone, I'll stand on your phone. This is what we stand on. It's just the word of God. We stand on God's word, and these this is our government. And if we stand on this, God will hide things for us. No matter what you go through, you'll be standing in the middle of your situation with gifts and surprises. Isn't that good? Everybody shout, it's hidden in the water. All right, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Woo! Feel good. I need that picture. I need that picture. 
Thank you. Hallelujah. You let me know what I owe you. Just just don't, don't try to get your whole year's salary in one night. But anyway. No, you just tell me. I love that. that that's, that's powerful. Spirit of God's in this place. Spirit of God's in this place. I want to do this. We're about to baptize. I'm telling you, your miracle tonight's in that water. It is in that water. It's hidden in that water. There are stones in the water. They're there for you. But I believe with all my heart that there are people in this place that if you died tonight, you wouldn't go to heaven. You know, your, your, your relationship with God, you don't even have one. And I want to do something. I don't want to put you on the spot, Bishop. But he was at my church this morning, and he gave an altar call. And our church just filled with people getting born again. And when he gave that altar call, the Lord was saying to me, you have an anointing to snatch people out of hell. Will you come give this salvation altar call tonight? Come and give this altar call. And God's going to bless us tonight. Amen. There's not a person in this room. I don't care who you are and I don't care where you've been. I don't care how bound you are today. I don't care how much you've lived your life in bondage under the power of sin. And see, sin wants to reign from the throne of your life. It wants to change the way you see things, the way you think. It ultimately wants to take you, like David preached, it wants to take you to that place of death. It wants to control you till your marriage is gone. It wants to control you till everything that had value in your life is dissipated and gone. It'll make you think that right is wrong and wrong is right. That's what it does. It deceives. It brings us down. It steals. It destroys everything about you in our life. And it holds us in those incarcerating chains until we despise even life. But I want you to know something today. No matter how bad things are in your life today, no matter how much you're going through right now, I want you to know that God is more than enough. I want you to know that His love for you has not stopped, that his love will go to the depths of sin, that it has to go to find you. The truth is tonight, you didn't come here to find God. God's been looking for you all along. And I know that some folks have given up on you. And I know that people gave up on you. And I know you've tried. But I'm telling you, tonight is the night. God never gave up on you. And God is going to transform your life tonight. I don't care what bondages you may be in tonight. I don't care how broken you are tonight. I want you to know that Jesus is able to heal that that is broken. And he is able to take away the iniquity, the guilt, and the shame and throw it as far as the east is from the west. I want you to understand something tonight. Don't care how long you've been in church. See, I found out that in church the problem is we've been trying religion. And a lot of people tried religion and they tried the protocol and they, they tried to go through the routines and the motion and they prayed prayers. But the truth is they never had that head-on collision with Jesus because they never become so broken that they were willing to lay down their life and say, Jesus, I lay it down tonight. I give you everything that I am. And I want you to know that when you give God everything, God said, I'm going to give you everything. God said, I'm going to give you a brand new life. 
So tonight, I don't know what you've been through, what kind of condition you're in, how broken you are tonight, how hurting you are, how many people's given up on you. Tonight is the night for redemption. Tonight is the night for God to break the shackles. I don't care how backslid you are. I want you to know that he has never took his eyes off of you. And tonight, when your heart turns toward him, the Father's coming running toward you. He's got a ring and a robe. He's getting ready to kill the fatted cat. And he's going to come and put his arms around you. And he's going to hug you and kiss you right there on the cheek because he never stopped looking for you. His eyes never left the prodigal. Tonight, whatever condition you're in, every head bowed, every eye closed. You're in this room tonight. You're broken. You're hurt. You came to this revival needing a miracle tonight. You came through these doors bound to addictions in your life, living secret lives of sin. You said, I need a miracle. Tonight's your night for a miracle. If you're tired of playing games with religion, being left in, with, with, at altars with emptiness in your heart, but you're ready tonight to have Christ transform your life. You're ready tonight to have the bondages broken. Come home to the King. While people are praying all over this house, I'm going to count to three, and I want you to raise a hand as high as you can. I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to worry about what other people think. I just want you tonight to go after God with everything that's in you. Are you ready? One, two, three. Raise them high. Raise them high. All over the house, raise them high. Raise them high. Come on. Don't be afraid. Raise them high. You ready to come home to Jesus tonight? Raise them high. All right. With every hand in the air tonight, Every hand that's raised tonight, I want you to do one more thing for me. I'm going to ask you tonight, just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come. But I'm not just going to ask you to walk. I want you to come running. And let me tell you why. Because the enemy will do everything he can to steal this moment of deliverance, to steal this moment of freedom, to steal this moment of, of restoration and reconciliation. So tonight, I'm going to ask you to aggressively come after God tonight. I'm going to ask you to pursue him with everything that's in you. Don't let anything hold you back. Are you ready right now? One, two, three, come. Come, 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 come. Come on right now all over the building. Come. Come on, you raise your hand. Come on. The devil ain't going to steal this one tonight. Come on. He's not going to rob you of this deliverance tonight. He's not going to steal this moment of freedom. The Father's love is for you tonight. The Father's love is for you tonight. Redemption is here. Redemption is here. The King, he loves you tonight. He's not stopped. Come on, there's others. You still need to come on quickly. Come on. Come on, there's others that need to come. Others that need to come. Don't you let the enemy steal this moment from you. Listen, I feel this strongly in my, in my spirit tonight. I know a lot of people are coming to be baptized, but I need to deal with this right now because I feel it in my spirit. There are people in this room that you have been struggling with the bondages of addiction in your life. Heroin has got a grip on your life. Alcohol's got a grip on your life. Meth has a grip on your life. And you've been battling with it. But you've been to the altar, and I even hear the Lord telling me you've been to programs, and you've been through everything, but you're still struggling tonight. Listen to me very carefully carefully. Those other things were putting seeds in your life. But tonight, God's going to deliver you. I feel it in my spirit tonight. 
Listen, there's some of you right now. Listen, you're standing back there saying there's no need for me to go to that altar. You need to be up here right now. If you're struggling with an addiction right now, all over this building, I need you to get out from behind your seat and come right now. I don't care how many years you've been dealing with it. I don't care how long you've been in the process. You may have been in recovery for a year. I need you to come right now. You've been battling addiction. Come right now. Come on, you've been struggling. Come on right now. Don't hide it no more. Don't run with it no more. Come on, come on. standing with these folks right now come on I can't just pray this prayer with you but I tell you what I can do I can I can pray it with you as you pray it from your heart and if you'll tonight from your heart cry out to God if you'll call on him right now and call on him I'm telling you to meet you right here tonight everything's about to change come on this is not a time tonight to just repeat prayers this is the night to say, God, I need you. I'm coming after you. I'm seeking you with everything in me. Don't want to live the way I've been living. I'm ready for a change. Are you ready tonight? Come on all over this building. Would you tell him right now, Heavenly Father, I need a change in my life. I turn from my old ways. I turn from that life of sin. I don't want to live that way anymore. Sin's killing me. And Lord, I need a Savior. I need a redeemer. I need a deliverer. I need Jesus. I receive you in my life as my Savior. I believe that you shed your blood, that my sins are forgiven. And I believe that on the third day, you rose again. And tonight, I'm believing right now at this moment, you are raising me up, a brand new creation. The old things are passing away, and the old things are leaving. Thank you, Father, for a new life. Now, Father, baptize me in the Holy Ghost and the fire in Jesus' name. God, touch him tonight. Break every shackle tonight. Give him a new heart tonight, God. Father, baptize him in fire. In the name of Jesus, baptize her in fire. Baptize him in fire, God. Every person in this room right now, I'm going to pray over you. Father, I pray right now for every man and woman standing in this altar tonight. God, I pray that the power of the Holy Ghost would fill every person right now. Lord, that you would saturate them with redemption, salvation. And Father, baptize them in Holy Ghost in fire tonight, right here in Jesus' name. Break every shackle. Break, break the powers of addiction off of their life right now. I cancel heroin addiction. I cancel meth addiction. I cancel opioid addiction. I cancel every addiction right now by the authority of Jesus name. God I thank you that the power of the Holy Spirit is transforming lives right now and doing for those who never had the power to do it for themselves that God you're breaking those chains just like you did for me you're setting the captives free. I want you right now all over the building right now I want you to say it with me I receive deliverance and freedom in Jesus name. Amen. 
there's deliverance in this house tonight. I believe there's freedom. You want to find out what's hidden in the water for you? Come quickly, right here in front of me. All over the building, come. You that just got, gave your hearts to the Lord, come. There's things hidden in the water for you tonight. They're hidden in the water for you. You're going to go right over here. You're going to receive a letter. Once you receive that letter, you can go back to your seats. And your letter will be displayed on this screen. When your letter's displayed on the screen, you'll come up to my left and your right. And they'll make sure you're served for baptism. Come. Come. There's miracles hidden in the water. Deliverance is hidden in the water. Forgiveness is in the water. presence of the Lord. 